to Miami on the rocks Casey chops make sure you follow us on Instagram at MIA on the rocks follow us on YouTube hit that subscribe button today's guest bro I think I've known you like 10 years almost at least at bro, least. right I got my brother DJ Fergie in here DJ uh one of the big DJs in the city Miami and pilot by the way pilot by the way be clear um just a so, luxury uber driver I just point hey, a to point b hey <laughs> so we're gonna get into everything man I, I first met Fergie I was working at power 96 on the radio station and they said Yo, we want to do something on Sundays where, you know, everybody knows Miami is a heavily uh, Caribbean market and they wanted to do a Caribbean show, a reggae show on Sundays. And they're like, do you know anyone that, you know, that that we could get to, 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 to do the show? And I didn't really know anybody, but I hear, yo... They got these dudes, Fergie and Springer, to come through. It's going to be three hours of straight Caribbean music. Facts. And to, on the radio, to play three hours of music that is like the off music it's that you crazy. don't really hear on the radio was like some Unheard different. Unheard of. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> so I'll never forget. I was like, all right, let me check this out. I turned on the radio, bro. And it was like crazy soca, like on That's Power it. 96, on That's commercial it. radio, you know? So. Yeah. Um, Fergie, my brother, first of all, how are you? I'm good, bro. We still alive. Blessed to be here, bro. Like, yeah. congrats on the show, by the way. It's I, pre- like, I, yo, I, I pre- love it. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it. Um, I want to get to your story, bro, because like you said, you came up as uh, under like a Caribbean DJ, correct? hundred like, percent. Yeah. So your roots are Jamaican, right? Yep. And you're from New York, correct? Born and raised. Okay. So tell me the transition of you coming from new york to miami and just so new york to miami is more like like my moms and pops wanting to move to florida better mm-hmm. life because growing up in new york like it's i didn't grow up in like the the best part of new york right i grew from up in the brooklyn? Hood, brooklyn yeah okay flatbush and ocean by the junction used to spend too much time in vanderveer mm-hmm. and i went to a uh, marine park and ps193 so on and so forth but i wasn't exactly with the perfect crowd yeah right so i learned my lesson pretty early out mm-hmm. family said you know what let's go to south florida they were early on it because not That's everyone it. dog everyone yeah. is like it's... 2003 <sighs> cheap rent cheap car insurance like Dang. more land for your money so let's go yeah so, so move out to florida mind you like in new york i was so jamaican bro like you couldn't tell me nothing about hip-hop yeah the only hip-hop i had and i knew jay-z Biggie, wow. Lil Tupac. Wow. 2003, moved out to um to South Florida. I went to Piper High School in Broward. Okay. That's when I was like... Shit, but Piper wasn't the best school either, bro. Like, yeah, that know, shit but, was wild. But you understand, coming from New York, Piper, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Piper was a nice school. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, they're like, oh, this school yeah. is bad. I was like, what? You guys got all this room? You guys have they textbooks? They only got one stabbing a month. It's not that bad. I was like, it, they let you take the textbooks home? Like, oh, we can't shit. do that in New York. Damn. Yeah. So you moved to Miami. Um, and are were you dabbling in DJing at that time in New York or you da- you got into it? Okay. Yeah, so so New York, I started DJing, it was like summer 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. I was like around 13, and um my pops had a uh kid baby um not kid baby shop, but like a kitty party to do. Uh-huh. Right. So he was like, look, and he DJed nighttime. Oh, Pops was, Pops a, DJ. was a DJ. He was in the game. Wow. Like right? the, he, was, he was in the game Like a Caribbean night. DJ? 100% on York. the radio. Yep. Wow. Pops used to have the city locked in his days. Like that on, was, New, on New York radio? In New York, yeah. What was his name? He was, uh, he was, they, they knew him as Father Fergie. Right. Oh. So that's how, like, for me, I was like, yo, I'm not going to be Fergie Jr., little Fergie, young yeah. Fergie. No. I'm the DJ. He's the father. That's it. So Got DJ you. Fergie. Father Fergie. Fire. Yeah. So you move over here and you said you moved over here 2003, right? Yeah. And you dabbling into the DJ, like what, what you, you're in high school at Piper. Are you 
What's going on? Are you doing parties? Are you doing so, high school parties? Are you- I'm doing high school parties. I'm doing school gigs. I'm doing like like backyard parties, house parties. Salute mm-hmm. my brother DJ Illusion, aka Mixed by Illusion. Okay. He I linked up with him in high school. Like he had vinyl, I had vinyls. He's a DJ. I'm a DJ. I'm like, yo, this is collab. And mm-hmm. we started doing uh clubs like Congas, the Spanish nights. Conga, bro, that was the first club I ever went to in my life, dog. I think that was it's sunrise, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, we was out there in the back room, DJing, salute to LC back in the days. Damn, man, shout was, out to LC. It was a vibe, man. That's fire, bro. And we were just like DJing for the Boys and Girls Club, volunteering mm-hmm. here and there. It's like, yo, I like the DJ, you like the DJ. He knew the hip hop, I knew the reggae. We linked up and said, you know what? I'll teach you what I know, you teach me what I know. And then mm. at that time, music was transitioning from vinyl to CDs. That's right. So it was like, ah, right, let's burn this on CD. I burned that. And then here you go, here I go, and let's go. Fire. So how does the Power 96 connection go? How does. So, Power happened, fast forward to 2009, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, I linked up with, with Springer uh, out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. He, in the reggae world, was like, yo, you play your, your, uh, your sound, I have my sound. Mm-hmm. He was at a party, I didn't know him from nowhere, he didn't know me from nowhere. So, mm-hmm. like, me versus you right now, the party's flopped, so nobody's here, so. But isn't in the Caribbean, in the Caribbean parties, you have someone on the mic that's separate from... Like you have the selected and most have, of the time. Got yes. you. But this wasn't like this. No, because at this point in time, he was down here from New York by himself without mm-hmm. his DJ or MC. Got you. And I was here by myself without a, uh, uh, another MC. So what was your style more in the Caribbean compared so, to Springer? Like what was? We were both just independent DJs. Got you. At that time. Got you. But played everything. That's it. Well, got you. I played mainly reggae. Uh-huh. With a little hip hop because I picked it up from high school. Got you. Right. And he played. He played. Hip hop and reggae, like he was more versatile than I was at the time. Got you. So Power ninety six brings on Fergie and Springer to do this as a tandem to do this uh, reggae show on Sundays, and how did, how does that feel for you, bro? Is that so your first time on radio? It or? was. Well, we were doing uh, Spring. And I was doing um, online radio. Uh, mm. Salute to Mix ninety six. We was doing Mix ninety six mm. online radio at the time. So. Big Lip had heard the show, and Big Lip was like, yo, I need to get find these guys. So he asked him, I asked him, I got our contacts, said, hey, uh, would you guys can meet Tom Calicochi? Mm. Salute to Tom. Yeah. A lot, of people didn't, yo, a lot of people didn't like him, bro. But looking back, I'm like, yo, he's one of the best PDs. Because me and you, we went through, like, what, three, four different PDs? Like, like, Tom was uh, Bill Tanner. Rest in peace, yeah, Tanner. Yeah. Um, Jill. Jill. P.O. P.O. Salute to P.O. Jill, yo. Yeah, man. Damn. So the the... You're doing the reggae show on Sundays, and it's pick it's you know picking up traction. A lot of people are talking about it. And are you in the clubs at this time too? Like what is what is the first this is like residency that you can remember that you're like damn like this is so we were doing yes we're doing Madhouse Fridays at that time. Oh, I remember that. Yes, that was an Opium right in the Hard Rock when Opium was in the Hard Rock. Before it became Opium, it was Spirits Night. That's Club. right. You you did it when it was Spirits. When it was Spirits. And we were jits at that time though, dog. Right. We yeah. were like at nineteen. Yeah. I was I was just an employee working. That, yeah. that was it. I made it in the building. We just did our thing in the regular room, and then occasionally when the hip hop DJ was late, I right, well, we fill in the hip hop room and make it work. Yeah. Damn, that era in the Hard Rock was legendary, bro. Yes, I kind of miss it. You've been to like the new, I'm not going to say, but the new clubs and the new scene over there since they rebuilt it? I went during COVID. I saw it. I'm like, it looks gorgeous, but it's not the same It's chemistry. not the same, bro. <laughs> I DJed, I mean, I DJed in, in one of the clubs in, in the new Hard Rock. And I was like, it just 
made me remit. I kind of got depressed because I it, 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 it's it's yeah it's nicer, but it feels more Vegas. It doesn't have that feel yeah. that you know s- passions and spirits. It's and, not and, a party. It's more like a a, a vibe, like a manufactured yeah. tourist thing. Like you know, like because it was crazy because that that era in the Hard Rock it was heavily. It was tourists, but it was like locals, like mixed, like the it was heavy, it was like everybody, the, yeah. yeah, you know. And it wasn't so much uh, VIP driven. Mm. It was more, hey, we're all here, we're gonna party, and we're gonna have fun. We're yeah, not it wasn't just sell tables. It was just right. like more GA based, I guess, right? Yep. And they had the tables of the VIP sections, and you had your different booths if you wanted to go like that. But it's the dance floors which made it. But then now you made you reminded me of me, me and you. We had a nice little era with Dream on Fridays. Yep, and that was a straight up table oh, service vibe right there, bro. You know, it was it was it was tables, but then it's like they had a table vibe going on, but the party was surrounded by the tables too. So it's kind of like yeah, yeah, you got your table, but you got a party because everybody else is partying. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy, bro. So what, to uh, Andre Ricardo. Oh, shout out to Dre, the firm, bro. Shout out to Dre. He's in Palm Beach chilling, living the retired life and shit. (laughs) He don't want to come back in the game. Dre, come on, bro. We waiting. (laughs) Facts. Facts. But so how did you come up? um, Like your mic game is it's hard to find DJs that are equally as good on the turntables and on the mic at the same time. So how did you develop that mic game? Like, man, salute to Springer on that one. one. Because like, truth be told, 2006, when I started out, like really going at it mm-hmm. i was the worst right mm. i was on on some like stuttering on the mic and this, i think that's everybody though right when they start yeah like, you know what i mean but it's kind of like after a while you just realize that sometimes you just got rise to the occasion like mm-hmm. you look at the clock in the back and then you just you just talk but what yeah. I, I i i find myself doing these days is like all right even when i'm nervous there's times where i get on a stage concert 13 14 people and i'm just i don't know what i'm gonna play Mm. I don't know what I'm going to say, mm. but let's look out there, put a smile on, find one person, and we just going to have a conversation. Yeah, so like, like I almost call it like the, uh, what you call it, the slick Rick. He tells a story. So that's why I just try to make sure what I'm saying makes sense with the song that's coming up. And because that's, that's, you know, to be clear, that's very like the Caribbean style to like, yes. to like kind of say a little story, a little thing before the song, and then the first line of the song mixes in with what you said to finish the story. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, yep. that's crazy. I, I had a, I talked to a young DJ as well. He's like, yo, can you give me any advice on, on the mic? Because he was sounding a little timid, a little... I told him, bro, talk to the crowd like they're your sons. Yep. Like, and you're, and you're, like, disciplining them. Like, you know what I'm and, saying? Like, because you, you have the power. Like, yeah, and you don't have to yell necessarily, but just have a conversation. Talk with bass. Like, talk, yeah. like, you know what it is. Like, talk to them firm like they're your sons and you're kind of yeah, disciplined. with your chest. Exactly. You know yep. what I mean? But, so fast forward, and what separates Fergie from all these other DJs, besides him, like, being heavily into the Caribbean scene that can rock those parties as well. Wait, first of all, I want to get into, like, have you ever done, like, Carnival? And done like been to those of type course. of things. Yeah. What is the I, forget? I haven't gone to carnival yet, man. Like, what is like you, you've DJed and people are jumping off like fences, doing hands like splits on people. And shit. Man, like, it's just, that's just the culture. It's just kind of yeah. like the music takes control and you just enjoy the vibe. Like, Damn, dog. But I mean, carnival is, is is different, man. Carnival is is just like <laughs> imagine imagine. Beachwear attire with feathers and colors. I don't have to imagine. It's on my IG. It's on my feed, Fergie. It's on Instagram, and I see these girls like, damn, like, uh, it's just and it's just like, 
Yeah, we gotta remember carnival now is like it's like people get together, different bands, different trucks, mm-hmm. right? They're drinking, right? Uh, a beverage of your choice, right? Right, and after a while in the sun, it soaks in, right? So once mm-hmm. it soaks in, and then, and then the beat hits you, and you just feel real nice, and it's kind of like, well, hey, let's just have fun and just can you dance think, the day away? Can you think of the craziest thing that you've seen at carnival, like at one of those parties? Like um, I've seen videos. I think I mean, keep in mind, like so. So I did carnival here in Miami maybe twice. And I did um, the New York version of Carnival was uh-huh. the uh, Labor Day parade in New York, mm. right? What's so, the crazier? Like, what's crazy? the, is the real Carnival in Jamaica or like in Trinity? Like yeah. in like real Carnival is in Trinidad. Got you, Trinidad. I said, I love my Trinity friends. Mm-hmm. I love my Trinity family, but I cannot, I can't keep up with Carnival in Trinidad. Really? It's like just, just imagine a month of going, going like partying, partying Carnival for it's a, a whole month, month straight. There's wow. like festivities, all the parties, basically like a month straight, bro. Like Dang. it's, they take carnival serious. Yeah. Like, so we're going to say, uh, aside from New York and Miami, like, so, so as far as the craziest thing I've seen at carnival, I mean, in New York, you've seen people jump off the trucks and jump onto somebody and they, mm-hmm. they do all the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the grind yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, um, back in the days, like when I, when I, when I first started going, it was a little while. I mean, those fights break out, and then um, mm-hmm. like people almost got ran over by the trucks. It was like Damn. it was it was a scary scene. Sheesh. So now it's a lot nicer than yeah. what it used to be. Yeah, but yeah, that's what's up. So, like I was saying before, what separates you from from all these other DJs is what being you know like Fergie. Like we've been in the game for a long time, over ten years. You know Facts. and. What I look at now is like what DJs are doing outside of DJing. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and I think we all get to a point in our career to where it's like, all right, what comes next? You know what I mean? Like, what do we do now? You know, and you see certain DJs, you know, start companies and certain DJs, whether, you know, they like to cook, you find out like what their second passion is, right? Yeah. You, boom, come with the rollout of, yo, you're getting your pilot's license. And it's like, oh, shit, a DJ who's a pilot. See, that's a different pivot that we haven't seen yet. You know what I'm saying? And you fly, you're a pilot, you're a DJ. Let's be clear. You're in the club on the weekends, rocking the club, and then you're flying private planes, like, during the weekend shit, right? So how does it, first of all, walk me through, like, where your mind was at when you decided to first tell yourself, okay, I want to do something outside of DJing, and then what made you pick being a pilot like so so once again salute the spring on this one because mm-hmm. i left high school 06 all right and i said all right that's it i'm gonna be a pilot no more djing at that time we were so hot in the streets and so hot in the clubs that it was kind of like how are you gonna walk away from Ooh. this hot platform at this point that we thought was our, our peak so you always wanted to be a pilot right why like what it was what? just as a kid my aunt got me a little book and it was kind of mm-hmm. like you turn the page like you're holding the yoke of the of the uh, the pilot yoke, uh-huh. and you turn the page and just show you what the airport looks like. And I just always oh. had a fascination. Look up in the sky, That's living in New York, cr- you yo. see like the airplanes take off and TWA and all that stuff. Like, That's crazy. For the people that don't know, my whole family, like for four generations, have been pilots. I'm the first one on my mom's side out of the men that ha- that is not a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, bro. I mean, I don't know. 
But I see, like, I had my cousin, he, he he's our age as well. And when we were kids, bro, like five, six years old, he would have the books looking at the book and he'd look in the sky and be like, yo, B-48, or whatever. And he would call out the planes <laughs> in the sky, bro. And then one summer, you know, they lived on the West Coast. One summer, they they, they fly me to, to California to hang out with my cousin and they take us to an aviation camp in Fresno, California. Oh, it was dope. an aviation school. And I was like, bro, 10 years old, you know, and I'm there. I'm like, whatever. I'm the, the sports kid that likes to play basketball. My cousin's like the aviation geek. You know what I'm saying? But we're in these like, it was an overnight camp for a week. We're in these simulators and shit, doing all the simulator stuff. And and I remember like, yo, this shit is cool, bro. Like, you know, like, so you go from wanting to be a pilot, but you couldn't give up the DJ thing because you guys are at your peak. You know, you're, you're, you're getting yeah. traction on the radio. So take me to, to, to you know. So basically what I did is is uh we had gigs every uh Friday and Saturday, Friday being Madhouse. So I said, look, I was training in uh Fort Pierce, Port St. Lucie. So I would go to Fort um Port St. Lucie every Sunday night, Monday morning, do my training all week. Wait, Fergie, this is happening that long ago? You you you've been planting this seed for a long time. Yeah. I damn but, but you see what happened was <clears throat> when I finished in like 2008, right? And uh, finished my, my training was 2008. Mm-hmm. I could have went to the airlines right away. But the industry was horrible. Like, that's just during the recession mm. where money wasn't really flowing like that. So the pay mm. was, like, worse than McDonald's. Mm. So I was like, there's no getting in at that point. I'm like, what's the point of me going there working for peanuts? I might yeah. as well. And this DJ money is nice right now. Exactly. Yeah. So keep my DJ money going and keep hustling that way. And we'll see later on in life. So when did you get the pilot's license? Like, So I had, I had the license since 08. What? Since oh eight, I just oh, been, shit, you kept it on the talk like nobody just, knew. It's been in my back pocket like every now and then. I let me go get a plane, let me go rent, and then even though I was I used to work at the airport on the side, mm. do out this DJing stuff mm. part time. So while I'm there, meet this guy. Hey, I have a plane. Need somebody to go with you? Let's go. I drop you off. I bring the plane back. Like I've always had access to the plane. Oh, wow. so it's just kind of like sometimes I call my buddy. Hey, what you doing? Let's go to Bahamas for a second. Be right back. Wow. Like it's, so yeah. when was the first time that you actually flew a plane, like, by yourself? Uh, solo would be 2006, like, fourth quarter 2006. Oh, my God. I, I had no idea. <laughs> Fergie, I thought this was, like, four four years ago. You were like, yo, I want to be a pilot. Like, now, what, what, what it is is, is um, what, 2018 was the, was the year when I said, you know what? Like, let me start making some money with this. Got like, you. The DJ money is good. Right. But what I realized is I was spending too much time, like, traveling here there and everywhere to make the money so i said let me just try and fight to get my time back now where i can make more maximize off the money and get my time back so that's my only struggle in life now like i want more time back and more money Uh, so let me figure out how i can make it work yeah did you have a like what did you have any feelings toward djing in 2018 that made you kind of want to shift like did you have like because i was like the game is messed up or like i was i was still djing the only thing um I, i i eased up off of was about late 2017, early 18, when I started getting back into aviation, mm-hmm. I eased the ball for the South Beach stuff. Cause I was yeah. like, all right, for me to, to transition into this, I really gotta focus and, and give all my energy into studying. Right. But once I study and I like black out for like a month, two months, mm-hmm. right, that means I can't be there for the residency XYZ. So mm-hmm. I said, all right, let me just focus here, mm-hmm. get this going, and then I'll be back. And when I, when I, when I come back, get everything going again. Do you have like, you know, I think all DJs have this feeling and I think we're at that age too. Like, do you feel like you can't be a DJ like later in life? Like, cause I look at guys like legends, you know, you, whether you, it's Camilo or like Mauricio and I look at them like, okay, 
they're, you know, in their forties and they're still DJing and they're still in, in my mind, they don't look crazy, you know? Like, so yeah. I think to myself, like, cause some people be like, do you want to be in the club your whole life? Is that something that you like, how do you approach, how do you see yourself aging in, in as far as DJing? Is so, it- so for me, like the way I look at it is there's no age limit on it. Right. As long as you're not like, uh, 60 years old doing sweet 16s not gotcha. then you look crazy. as long as you're not looking crazy right okay. you could because remember at the end of the day like your audience your fans that you grew with they get older you get older right so you can shift your your uh your Demo. direction and your demographic and say all right i'm gonna move with this audience here here and here and just mm. keep it like that me personally my only uh and my own life is i feel like somebody taught me so it's only right that i teach the next person mm. so i'm like all right who's next who wants to be on? Who needs help? Like, gotcha. come through. I mean, hear you. If you got like the basics, mm-hmm. I can point you in the right direction, help you out. Yo, here was the party. Yo, here's this. Here's that. Gotcha. So it's like, at least when I say, you know what? I don't want to do clubs no more or I don't want to do parties anymore. This is you. Got you. And just do me one favor. Make sure you pass it to the next person. Mm. So that way, if I die tomorrow, yeah. it doesn't stop with me. Exactly. Damn. That's, that's my only MO. That's real, bro. Like, I think the goal is to DJ when you want, not DJ because you have to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do you see yourself ever, like, letting go of the DJing and, and being a pilot full, full time? Like, I've had a conversation. I thought I would have let it go. Nah, I, just, I love it too much. Yeah. I lo- when I say I love it, like, it's just sometimes it's just, I just have to just give me a really loud system with a really heavy bass and I just be in love. Like, I won't go to sleep. That's yeah. it. Just like play music and that's it it's a vibe yeah. like damn so how's how's the the pilot life now like what made you want to do the private vibe what made you not want to go like did you ever want to go to the military and do the fighter jet type thing did you ever want to like i didn't want to do the military thing because once again like my my biggest fear was uh was uh leaving during my peak oh so like you. leaving the game right now yeah and yeah. to say okay all right, i'm gonna just stop cold turkey it's hard. And do the a thought, full commitment to something else. The thought God. of that alone is, is hard. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Private for me was like, all right, cool. Well, I can go fly. All right. And then mm-hmm. I know I have some days off. But then so it it's got like better. the part time vibe of being a private right. guy. Well, it's a full time gig, but I knew I had a lot of time off. Got you. So I made the time off work. And then I was like, wait. So I'm going to this city tomorrow, be in LA. Well, I got LA contacts. So when do I leave? I leave mm-hmm. Sunday night. So it means I can go out Saturday night, then sleep in all day and still get my full required rest to Mm. do a Sunday night flight. So Miss Promoter or Mr. Promoter, what's up? I'm in your city. Yeah. I'll be there. Don't worry about hotel. Don't worry about um, the flight. I'll fly myself there. Just add that on top of the bag and I'm good. Yeah. That's it. Damn. So have you, bro, flying an airplane, dog, have you had any like scary moments? Like, have you any like, you know what I mean? Like. Like I get scared. I'm not gonna lie. Like I think I still have trouble flying sometimes. Like because I'm a control freak. So to even like I don't even like letting people drive. I like to drive. You know what I'm saying? Because I know yeah. I'm in control. If so, you know what I mean. Like yeah. so to know that like your life is in the hands of someone like that's you know 50 feet in front of you and they have a door and you can't even see what they're doing. And you're just chilling. Like you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like it bugs me out sometimes. You know like. Are there ever times where there's actually like the pilot like panicking or not maybe panicking but like you know like like flustered like I mean I've I've seen it a few times with like even when I was in training at one point like 
When I was doing uh, training, I went to rent a plane by my, so I can fly by myself. Mm-hmm. Before they let you fly by yourself, you have to fly with an instructor. Mm-hmm. So I was flying one day. It's one of those small twin-engine planes. All right, we go to take off, and we just go back around. Like a private plane type vibe, or it's like regular? Yeah, the propeller oh, planes, got it. all right? Oh. So the door pops open, all right? <clears throat> During the flight? Yeah. So we're not that high. I mean, like 3,000 feet off the ground, all right? So what is that? That's like jumping out of an airplane when you're skydiving kind of, right? That's even lower than that. Oh, like, okay. It's, it's really not that high above the buildings. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, man, the door popped open. In my head, I'm thinking... Man, I have my favorite hat in the back seat. My hat's gonna fly out the door. That's it. I look down a little bit. I'm like, man, there's no way I'm gonna find my hat down there. While I'm flying, I'm just thinking about that. Are but you, I'm still are you flying. solo in the plane? Nah. Oh, okay. So I'm with an instructor now, and the instructor oh, yeah. guy, he freaks out. He reaches over and tries to grab the door and close him. Like, dude, it's just the door. I'm not gonna fall out. You're not gonna fall out. We're gonna go land and then close the door. So it's like. Little things like that is in my mind. I've been trained to not panic uh-huh. when things hit the fan. So fast forward now, we're in um in Jamaica now in one of the uh, the, the Learjets at the time, right? And we going to take off, right? And and the pressurization system had a fault. Something went wrong with it. So imagine you're going to take off, right? Powerful forward. You're going down the uh, runway, and all, all of a sudden, air, hot air, just rushes like, psh, and the air just starts rushing in the in the uh, in the cabin. Mm-hmm. When I say hot air, I'm talking about like like sauna type shit. Like not even like like 300 degrees. What? Like all rushing in at one time as they're getting ready to take off, going down the runway. So I have to abort takeoff, abort takeoff. It was, I wasn't a, the the captain flying; somebody else was. So abort takeoff. So he pulls back, and then we stop, and we get out. It's kind of like so you just brakes real quick before he yeah, take, like before power, the end of the runway. Power back, get on the brakes, all right, and then put the uh, the thrust reversers out. Before before we uh, we take off, it's just kind of like, mind you, in Jamaica, this is a was it a Kingston Airport. Mm-hmm. There's rocks and then there's water. Yeah. So it's like if you don't stop oh, in time, yeah, yeah. rocks and water, choose one. Damn. So dog. I mean, for me, it was kind of like, all right, well, board takeoff, what happened? We go back and then realize that okay, well, the system's broken, so basically, we can't fly higher than eight thousand feet. Mm-hmm. So we ended up flying from Jamaica to Miami, 8,000 feet. Damn, how much longer does that take? It's like, eh, I think like a two and a half hour flight, maybe a little longer. I don't remember how much longer. Yeah. But the thing that got me at that point was like, man, I'm 8,000 feet over the water. He passed Cuba and they had like a little mountain or whatever. So I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, we're, a little, we're, we're higher than this. But it gets hairy because if anything happens, you're going in the water. There's yeah. no time to even go anywhere else. Oh, I get what you're saying. So it's yeah. like... I didn't get scared per se, but it was just kind of like, man, like this sucks. Like, all yeah. right, if things hit the fan in my mind, the life raft is back there, the yeah. door is over there. I know my way out of this situation. Damn, dog. I, yeah, bro. I mean, things like tur- like for the like turbulence used to really bug me out. And then I'll never forget, like I told you, like my grandfather and my uncle, everyone's pilots, and they gave me an analogy. They're like, yo, just think of turbulence as like if you're driving on the gravel in the road and it's just a bumpy road, that's all it is. The road yep. just went from you driving on pavement to you driving on gravel. That and it's bumpy now. That's the only thing that turbulence if, is. If you're lucky, sometimes like uh we went into Bozeman, Montana. That was the first time in my life I felt like like somebody took a hammer and just hit the plane and like the plane. That's we, called wind shear, right? Well, it was it was turbulence. Okay, wind shear is going to be a little lower, and then the wind just shifts. All right, got you. But this one it was really because we're coming um, over the mountain to land. All right, so it's like when you go over the mountain, 
the breeze comes around and it's like all like uh it's not smooth anymore because it's been disturbed by the mountain mm. so we flying and the angles of the mountain like mess up like the, the airflow and shit yeah so what happened is like we flying and then boom like the plane just goes let's say we're at eight thousand feet the plane dropped about 1200 feet in a, in a second Damn. that happened to me one time and and I'll, uh, they said it was wind shear but like i'm just i'm there and it goes doom down and you see the people's coffee next to me like go hit yeah. the ceiling and that shit i was so, like yeah i, I mean there's times you, you go in the land and then wind shear like the wind is coming this way and all of a sudden the shift and then speed changes at yeah. that point when you go on the land if the wind shifts like that that crazy that's automatic. You go around. Yeah. That's like sometimes you see a plane go down, go down, perfect, and out of nowhere, they just rush back up. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Uh, they say, is it true that landing is the hardest part about flying? Um. Yeah. It right. is. It is. But now it's easier, right? Because they have all technology with systems and shit. So it'll, <laughs> it, does it do it for you now, or no? You still got to do all it. All right. Don't get it twisted. Some planes, right, at certain airports can land all the way down without seeing anything outside. Right. So like. Let's say it's completely like foggy outside. You can't see a mile in front of you. Mm -hmm. Some planes, some airports can land all the way to the ground and stop on its own. You mean some planes or some airports allow you? So some planes, basically the airport has to have the uh, equipment that's uh, required so that you can do that. Ooh. Yeah. Damn, dog. So, but, but some planes can actually do it. So as far as uh, uh, autopilot and so on and so forth, yeah, there's autopilot out there that can actually take you down and basically land for you mm -hmm. and then stop for you. Mm -hmm. Do all the planes have it? No. Damn. Especially in the private world. Good luck. Does it does it make it harder when it's like? First of all, is it a big difference for you nighttime and daytime? Um, nighttime is gives you more uh, different illusions. So, for example, daytime you can see normal, but nighttime you see you you feel like you're higher than you really are. And then, like for example, I went to DR. I forgot what part of DR, but um, yeah, going there at nighttime, no problem. Yeah, just. Follow your instruments, go down, do a perfect landing. The next morning when we saw the sun, I was like, wow, we were, we were next to this big mountain. Like, mind you, a mountain Ooh. at nighttime is pitch black. So how do you know if there's a mountain there, Fergie? Well, well we have, um, like, terrain gotcha. on the, uh, the uh, terrain radar on the plane so we can gotcha. see. But it's got, like, you can see it when you're, basically goes green, yellow, red. If wow. you see red, that means you're too close to, the, uh, you're too low. Like in Got the mountain, you. right? So we see green. All right, cool. Yellow. I see red, but red is not in front of me. I'm fine. Yeah. But it's just like nighttime. You're like, Damn. You bro. don't know what's out there. I, I, they, I remember them telling me when, when I moved to Medellin in Colombia, because that shit is all mountains. Oh, yeah. They told me that um they built a new airport there, which is kind of outside of because Medellin is in a valley. And mm -hmm. they moved the airport outside of the valley. But the airport in Medellin in the 90s and I think the early 2000s used to be in a valley. Have you heard about this airport? Yep. And Very I, dangerous. To, to land, they say that you have to like do a spiral down to land in the valley because like the mountains and shit and the way yep. the wind shit like. Yeah. That shit crazy. What about the rain? Does that do anything or the snow? Like does that affect how you fly? Um, like, so you yes. So rain and snow, like for example, uh, let's say it's raining, raining in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Temperature outside like forty degrees, mm -hmm. right? Every thousand feet up you go, it gets two degrees colder, right? Right. So it might be rain on the ground, but once you take off and you start climbing up to altitude, that becomes ice now, right? Right. You'll now, see the ice on the wind on the on the windows sometimes when you fly. Yeah, and then the ice, like just 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 imagine you're trying to run. 
and you keep picking up all this ice, mm-hmm. it's more weight on you now. Right. So now you're getting heavier and heavier. And then you get to a point where you become frozen. Once you're frozen, you're going to fall. There's right. nothing you can do. Same concept with the plane. If you get too much ice in a plane too fast and you don't have a system like any ice to, to stop it mm-hmm. or, um, or the, uh, the wing heat and um, stable, if you don't have the heat to stop it or, yeah. or melt it off, it's going to slow the plane down. Planes going to fall out the sky. So the planes have systems to melt the ice that's on the plane. Dude. Most of them have systems to do that. Some planes, they, have, they actually have like an a, um, a older system where it's like instead of uh, melting the ice, it's an anti-ice fluid, so to say. Mm. So once the fluid runs out, you're screwed. Damn, dog. I've, I've, I've been in a plane on a, on, a, on a contact flight one time, and we were up in, at altitude, maybe like 40-something thousand feet, and ran into the icing. I'm like, ice is not supposed to stick, but it was sticking, and the Damn. ice was building up. And you're like, yeah, we got to get out of this. So Damn. press a descent and just dive down. At what point is rain an issue? Like in Miami, like, for example, we have thunderstorms and, and rain all the time here. And, you know, we all know that pilots fly above the clouds and shit like to avoid. But at some point, if you got to land, you got to go. First of all, it seems like the most turbulence is when you're going through clouds, especially the rain clouds and shit. Yep. So at what point is it not safe to go under the clouds and to try to land? Or- so like... I'll put this like like the uh, rain clouds and the thunderstorms. Like just look at it as a big circle, uh-huh. right? At some point in, in the uh, that the storm is gonna go up and build, and that's when you go and you fly through that and you get thrown up, mm-hmm. right? And at one, another point, it's gonna come down, mm-hmm. all right? So now the problem is you don't know when it's going up. What part of the cycle down. you're in? Of, yeah, right. So let's say you're flying through it. You're at a thousand feet of, above the ground. And you just happen to be in a cycle where it goes down. Mm-hmm. If that pushes you down, it can push you down two, three thousand feet in a second. It's gonna slam you to the ground, and then you have no control because nothing you can do. Right. So that's why instead of flying through it when they know it's very strong, like a uh, like a red cell, we call it moderate or severe to moderate. Mm-hmm. You don't fly through that. You stay twenty miles away from that. Gotcha. So once you fly through that, then it's a wrap. So instead of uh, landing in that. I saw planes circle around the airport and and uh, to wait for the cell to go down to, to a less. Gotcha. Yeah, because it, it's gonna move. It's just a matter of time before it moves. Got you. And, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember landing in a thunderstorm one time too, and that shit was scary because yeah. that turbulence was wild. And it, it it takes like a special type of pilot with skill to do that type of shit to like land and. Truth be told, we're all trained. It's just based on your experience. You just have to have to know how to. I call it feeling the plane out or being one with the plane. Like a lot of times when I when I fly, I just disconnect the autopilot. Like let me feel what the plane wants to do. Like mm. it's me and you. So like sometimes you gotta do the crosswind landing, bro. Like this is the runway here, and I'm pointing side completely sideways. Because you know the wind is gonna bring you back. Well, the wind is pointing from this way. Right. But if I go straight, the wind's gonna push me off the, uh, away from the runway. Right. You have systems that tell you like how to like like time that misdirection and shit, or you just gotta. That's all like stick and rudder skills we call it. Damn, like you gotta man. know what to do, and it's kind of like you just keep it sideways until you get down the land, you get to the ground, then you straighten up and you put it down. Damn, bro, I think about that pilot the at the Hudson River, bro, when I yeah. got the bird in the end. Like a bird could really fuck up everything, huh? Like, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy, bro. We've uh, had a few bird strikes, and it's kind of like. I mean, one hit the wing, RIP to the bird. The Word. wing was fine. You yeah. just see, like, the little blood on the wing, whatever. And um, But if they go on the engine, it's an issue, right? Like, that's yeah. A, that's yeah. A... I mean, there's, there's been a bird um, 
like going through the engine and then basically have to uh, inspect the engine, like literally take the whole engine apart, mm -hmm. look at everything blade for blade to make sure it didn't cause any damage mm -hmm. that can make the engine like uh, go bad yeah. in the future. Is it true? Like, I, like, for example, if I'm going like to the West Coast, it, it seems like planes, their route, they just go from like airport to airport. Is that true? Like, it seems like the, like they're going to go from here, then they're going to fly to like the New Orleans airport. Then they're going to fly over the Houston airport. And do they do that just in case they, they have to land at an airport? Like, does it seem, or am I bugging? Might yeah, be a, a little, little bugging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a coincidence of how the airports line up along the route. Got you. It's probably that uh, is there, and, and is it east to west is faster than west to east? Uh, west but, to east is faster. Yeah. Because the wind is, is typically behind you, blowing you that way. Got you. So you're doing private shit, bro. Are you, 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 you like flew a plane for Ross and he's like smoking blunts in the cabin and shit? Like have you done nah, any fly rapper nah, shit like that? I've, I've had a few uh, hip hop rappers and, and uh, celebrities on board. Mm -hmm. Now, have they been smoking on board with me? Nah. All right. Yeah. They got to have it. Now, people say like in, in Colorado, because, you know, you can, it's, uh, I guess it's legal to smoke mm -hmm. in Colorado. All right. So, hey, they want to bring this on board, bring that on board. Unfortunately, all right, the airport is considered federal property, yeah. not state. So it's governed by federal rules. Federal rules don't allow you to, to, to smoke weed or, or have weed. So, unfortunately, yeah. I tell them like, you, you can do whatever you want outside of the airport fences. That's mm -hmm. your business. But once you cross the fence, like my license is on the line, my life is on the line. Yeah. So is yours. So I'll appreciate if you if you just leave whatever it is outside. Yeah. But I haven't had anybody smoke smoke my flights. Have you done like a cross uh, overseas trip yet? Have you done like a Europe vibe yet? Um, or like a no. I was supposed to go pick up a plane from was it Switzerland? But I got too busy. DJ. Do private planes do that? Like yeah. go for, Is there any difference with that? Like going overseas, like long flights like that? You just got to alternate, right? Like if you're taking a road trip, like one pilot hops on, the next one sleeps, well, or like that. Well, no. Well, because of you only fly two um two men crew, so there's mm. no sleeping. Mm. <laughs> you're both awake and you're both just going. Damn, bro. Yeah. What are some pilots doing with that door closed, dog? Is some of them like. You know, like uh, I don't know, bro. I mean, <laughs> what do they do? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Pilots I fly with, first of all, we keep our, uh, the doors open. Right? Because okay. it's kind of like you pay. It's private, right? It's intimate. Yeah, line, you pay 50000 for the flight, 60000 whatever it is. Like, the yeah. least you can do is come up and see the view. Like, yeah. <laughs> you paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I heard that, like, to get your pilot's license, or maybe they do this all the time, but, like, they do, like, mental checks for pilots often, right? To make sure yeah. you're in a good state of mind to be... Every year, you had, to, you had to do um, what's called medical. So, like, they bring you in, ask you questions, check, like, your... Make sure you're... Has your wife cheated on anybody in the last year? Like, make sure you're not fucking <laughs> well, suicidal it's, it's, it's crazy, though, because, like, sometimes you can't even see that in a person. Like, yeah. you won't know until you have a conversation. It's like, uh, this guy's crazy. Yeah, you're there next yeah. to your co-pilot. He's like, man, my wife just cheated on me. Fuck this shit. Like, hey, buddy, relax. You can figure that out later, bro. I thought some people like, look, like, I don't care what whoever else has, what, what they have going on. Yeah. I want to go home. Yeah. I want to live to see tomorrow. Yeah. So all of that extra stuff, like, yeah. I was flying with a weirdo. It was a, it was a crazy guy. And I had to tell him, like, look, like, look, we're flying, right? And that's not allowed. Yeah. Right. So we I try to do like cocaine off the fucking. Let's go. He's just he's a, a, a weird guy doing crazy stuff. I'm like, bro, nah, that's that's not that's not how you fly. What you mean crazy stuff? Like he was like gonna do a loop and shit. Like bro, like, like like a barrel wall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, one guy in particular. We were in the islands, and this guy just decides 
the airport's right there. I'm going to go land. And the controller's like, I have oh. two more planes landing before you. So mm. you're going to fly over here and then go over there. Mm. And this guy just decides, no, I'm going to land. And he yeah. decides to turn. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. I'm on board and my license is on the line. Yeah. We're going over here. Yeah. And after I got back, I'm like, look, come here, hear this. I'm not flying with this guy. That's yeah. it. I'm not flying with this guy. Because at this point in time, it's like, if you're going to do that and I'm on board, I can't let you risk my yeah. license. So guess what? My controls, I have the aircraft. Yeah. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. When we get on the ground, then we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do with your life, yeah. or your time, yeah. not on mine. Uh, yo, sometimes when you fly, you see, if you look out the window, you see other planes like, like going right by you and shit. Do you never have issues with like, like there, there can't be a crash or some shit? Like, no. Oh, I just had an issue in, um, in uh, was it Santa Barbara? Mm-hmm. I think it is. We were going in the land, right? And, and it's funny because as a pilot, like, um, this is why I, I kind of love it. I kind of got it from DJing as well. Is you got to have situational awareness. That's what we call it in aviation. Mm-hmm. But in DJing, you got to you got to like know the room, feel the whole room out. Be able to call audibles and change the plan. Right. Come- like you can see, uh, they vibing, but nah, they not vibing. So situation awareness, the pilot thing. We go on the land, and I'm um, it's a, a, a new captain. He's new to the plane, so I'm kind of like coaching him, not mm-hmm. exactly the sharpest, right? So we're going to go land, and um. We at 2,000 feet, and I hear the, the air traffic controller. She's trying to get in contact with this other plane that's supposed to be going around, right, and going behind us to land behind us. She can't get in contact with him. So he's coming, all right, and then he starts to turn, right, and I'm looking on my radar. I'm like, wait, all right, this guy is 600 feet below us, all right? We're at 2,000 feet. Once we get to a certain point, we start descending down. We can't see anything out the window because right. we're like, there's like smoke going on, so we can't see anything. So I'm looking at this guy. He's climbing now. I'm like, all right. So now he's at 400 feet. And then he starts turning, turning towards us. And then she still can't get in contact with him. All right. And then the pilot I'm flying with, like, like once again, he was new. He starts to descend. I'm like, no, my controls. Disconnect the autopilot. We're going up. Hey, ATC's um, so-and-so, November XYZ. We're going around. And we get out of there. And this guy's still turning. He's still climbing. So... Anyhow, we didn't climb at that second and move out of the way. He's not talking to her. She can't hear nothing. Yo, how are you a pilot and you're not, you can't get in touch with the air traffic control, bro? What is this? Like, you can't miss that phone call, pop. Like, put like this. Imagine you're on a walkie-talkie, right? And we all talking on channel A, and he's on channel B. Ooh. He should be on A, but he's on channel B. Yeah. So, but the good thing is, like, by that time, the, um... The, the system on the plane, the TCAS, Traffic Collision Awareness System, mm-hmm. says um, um, basically like pull up, pull up. Mm. So it kind of it alerted us there's a possible collision and we got to take action. Got you. They got the, the sky set up like roads, right? To where it's like going a certain direction. You got to be at a certain altitude yep. then going to the right, right? Like that's yep. how that works? Yep. 100%. And, and is it true like sometimes you see planes like, you know, moving to downtown, you, the planes are constantly flying. Is it true like sometimes planes land going from one direction and sometimes they land and take off? Does it change or is it always take off from one direction or land in one direction? So it changes. The uh, easiest way to tell which way the plane's going to land from, if you ever see a flag flying in the sky, you see the wind changes. So, so imagine like this is the pole, and mm-hmm. the flag is waving this way. Right. That means the wind is coming this way. Right. So planes are going to land into the wind. So the plane planes always land into the wind? Most of the time. And take off with the wind. Right. Right. So you take off into the wind, 
and you land into the wind. Got you. All right. So you don't. So I'm sorry. You don't take off with the wind. Right. Because uh, the wind pushes you. All right. Now there's certain circumstances like uh, landing in Aspen. All right. Where it's like there's a huge mountain in front of you, and there's a runway. And right. there's no way that you're going to be able to take off and get above the mountain. Right. So you might have to take off with the wind behind you. Got you. Damn. But then you, we calculate all that stuff just to make sure that you're going fast and the wind is pushing you faster. Mm-hmm. So you're going to burn up the runway faster. So mm-hmm. you make sure you have your calculations done correctly. So that way you take that into consideration. You have less runway to play with. And is that the hard? What's, what's the most difficult airport to deal with in the country? Like, um... Between the Aspen and Telluride. And where? Telluride. Telluride in Colorado. Oh, all mountain shit, right? Yeah, it was it was <laughs> one way in, one way out, and <clears throat> when the winds are kicking up, like it's it's and it's cold it's and shit. Like, damn, bro. If it's snowing, oh forget about it. Even worse. Yeah. Like, but like this, those two airports, if it's foggy outside and you can't see, you just can't go. Yeah. Period. Damn. Like, last thing you want to do is get lost with mountains around you. Yeah. And you can't see anything. Bad so, situation. I got my brother DJ Fergie in here. Fergie, plug all your social media for people who... At my DJ Fergie, IG, Snapchat, Facebook, if you still use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on the SoundCloud. There it Bro, is. love, man. Like, yeah, for KC sure. Chops. Nah, man, I'm so interested, bro. I'm fascinated with, like, you know, like, just the whole aviation and, and, and how that works. Because, like I said, my family, my cousin is... Uh, I wanted to get him on too as well. He's like, bro, the Navy's on some other shit. Like when I leave the Navy next year, like I'm down to do the pod. But yeah. like he tells me, bro, like he flies like those fighter jets in the middle and he's on the aircraft carrier. So like he spent like six months in the middle of the Pacific, like flying planes and landing them on a little boat and to Let land on a little you, boat. That you gotta, you gotta, it's crazy. You got to land between little hoops to catch the yep. plane from falling off the boat to pull it back. As soon as you land, you got to like, Just, he was telling me some crazy shit. Like, like they, like they, they go so, so hard. Like boys, like imagine this, right? You got to land on a moving runway. Right, rocking and shit. All right, and if if they they go to land, right, and the run and the runway just goes up and they go too below, like, that's it. Yeah. So like your cousin, he hats yeah, off to him and no, tell him we appreciate him. Like thank you for the service. Like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Shout out to my cousin Evan, man. He got and he got. Did you ever think about wanting to get a plane? Like buy a plane? A hundred percent. Like what? Like a little Cessna vibe or like what? Nah. Well, I'm, I'm in conversation with my boy, like a little twin engine, like maybe eight seater, just kind of like, all right, well, kicks and giggles. Let's just fly to DR, fly to Jamaica, New York, whatever. With like, a plane like that, how far can you go? Like, uh, I mean, depending on which model, you can go from New York uh, nonstop. Yeah. And what is the altitude that you different? Like, so for example, King Air, like 350, you can cruise, like, if I remember correctly, on like 20, 30,000 somewhere. Oh, right okay. Now. Yeah. So you get Damn, a motorway. Where do you see like the um the technology in the future with with airplanes and aviation going now? Have you seen any crazy shit like that? Side that they're talking about it's like, crazy. Like on the on the private side, like the little planes, mm-hmm. bro. They got planes that if the pilot passes out, press the button, and the plane's gonna find the airport, land at the airport, and stop. everything for AI, bro. That shit is That's getting it. crazy, bro. Then they got like seven thirty seven planes now. It's like they got a, a robotic arm, like bro. The arm. <laughs> One robotic arm could do everything, move the buttons, everything, like land 
Bro, it's crazy. What? It's coming. And then now they got drones and shit. That's going to be the future of war. Like, just there's not going to be no live airplane. Just going to be controlling a fucking remote control and like you're flying a plane with a remote control. I was watching an advertisement for um for an unmanned airplane, right? Mm-hmm. And they were saying, oh, who's going to fly a plane with no pilot? Who's going to do it? And then their uh, answer of rebuttal was uh, they said the same thing in the 60s about elevators. Who's going to ride an elevator with no cabbie guy to control it? They used to have people controlling elevators? Yeah. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yeah. I, didn't even know it was, I mean, it's on the old school videos, yeah. man. They used to shut the gate down and then guy close the gate. Damn. Yeah. That, bro, AI is going to control everything. I mean, I'm tripping with these autonomous cars now. They're going to have cars. They're saying five years that car, the cars that they're going to be making, they're going to drive themselves. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a control freak. That freaks me out, dog. Like giving your control to a robot, but that's gonna be the future, bro. Like yeah. our kids, when we have kids, I mean, you have kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think like the next generation, their best friends are gonna be like little robots, bro. They're gonna be AI that learn the personality of of the, of the kid and of the friend. And I just want my, I just want my 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 uh, George Jetson. I want my Rosie in the house. Rosie. Yeah. yeah. I want I want one of those. We're gonna get some flying planes soon, right? Little personal vibes. Yeah, I they, think they soon. exist. It's just it's gonna be scary to see how they regulate that. Cause yeah. <laughs> if people just drink and drive now, <laughs> or drink and fly, like what? I mean, you see stories of like pilots, right? I think I've read stories of pilots been drinking on the job and shit. Yeah, they get yeah. fired and shit. It's funny. Um, it was there was a guy in United in uh in London, one of those airline guys over there. He showed up to work drunk, and they arrested him, Lit. and that was it. Like, yeah, all the crazy technology now. I think they just showed China got some new planes and shit that could yeah. do some wild shit. Like, I think they just made uh, there's a plane that is like the longest plane, the longest um, one trip plane. I think it could go like 20 hours, like straight, like uh, to Australia or some yeah. shit. Like, right now, t- the one I'm looking forward to was the um, the uh, I call it the modern day version of the Concorde. It's mm-hmm. the one that um, United just uh, um, put in the order for. Just imagine, like, a few hours, bro. Like, I think it's like three or four hours from New York to London. Like, something ridiculous. What? Like, like a thousand miles an hour, right? Because planes go, like, what? Like, 600 miles an hour or some shit? Yeah, well, give or take, yeah. Yeah. Thousand, yeah, bro. It's it's going to be crazy, bro. That, that and, and getting on a, fl- a flight and just traveling is so easy. Bro, I feel like... Back in the days, you could take a chick like now. These chicks want to go to Mykonos, Fergie. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you, like they, you can't just take them to fucking like to Vegas anymore. To New York now, it's like yo, they see they see Mykonos and they see they, they you gotta fly them across the country now, bro. Like it's just easy to like go around the world now. Man, it's insane. I've had some passengers. It was just like okay, uh, so I'm picking up so and so and taking. It's not my business. Yeah, but damn. Yeah, they bro, get flowed. They, they got. They get flewed out. These girls taking <laughs> pictures in the private in the private jets now. I heard there's a private jet that doesn't even like it stays on the ground and you could just pay to take pictures with it and shit. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you do it. Yeah, chicks are crazy, bro. You guys are nuts. We had one girl, man. She bought a whole like photo shoot, like the uh, tripod, cameras, everything to do her own pictures while she was flying. I was like. Whatever floats your boat. I'm gonna like, let you know. The first time I fly private, 
Y'all, I promise you it won't be on Instagram. I'm not going to take a picture of the, the Mercedes that drives me up to the plane and then the, the red carpet is there Then I walk up the flight. I'm not about to make a TikTok and do that shit. Shout out to everyone who flies private and doesn't put it on Instagram, you know. <laughs> it's just a means of transportation. Yeah, but it's luxury. It's just like, I don't know. People, I don't know. I just called it an Uber, bro. It's yeah. Uber Lux if you don't look at it like that. Uber Lux. There it is. My brother DJ Fergie, I appreciate you, bro. And um, we're going to keep rocking these clubs. Yo, plug, plug plug, your Friday party, bro. You've been doing that for a minute. Yeah, so every Friday we do on Forbidden Fridays at mm-hmm. Premier Lounge. Shout out to the Link Up family, T, Lauren, mm. Smalls, OG, Butterfugo, like the whole family. Like, mm. shout out my brother Slim City. Like, you Slim know what I mean? City. Slim City every week. Reese, DJ Dion, family. Like, there we working, is. bro. We working. There it is. There it is. My brother, I appreciate you, though. Love, <laughs> man. DJ Fergie, bow. Keep grinding. Oh, <laughs>